thousands of people go missing every year. Some are found quickly, alive and well. Some have met with foul play. And then there are those cases, with clues few and far between, that leave friends, family, and the world wondering. Where are you? Welcome to the Where Are You podcast. This is episode 9. Cases of the unknown haunt me. But for some reason, cases where all the clues add up, but no justice is served, bother me more. This week's case is frustrating, but not in a way that the previous eight have been. This week's case is frustrating because the little boy who's missing is most likely not alive. And as a mother, that is devastating. This week, we make a trip to Kittitas, Washington. Where on the evening of September 12, 2004, 11-year-old Cody Haynes was reported as a runaway. But as you'll see, the details of this case proved to be a whole other story. Okay, for this week's episode, I want to read you an article written by Lindsay Schrod on thechrysalischapters.com. Okay. On the morning of September 12, 2004, in the small town of Kittitas, Washington, four little girls woke up to a note commanding them to stay away from their brother Cody's room. He was being punished, it read. Chairs were strangely placed in the hallway. They were treated to movies in the living room the entire day. Little did they know, their brother was not in his room, nor was he checked on until 5 p.m. that evening. His parents would report him as a runaway about an hour later, although 14 years later, and a slew of evidence would prove otherwise. Richard Lee Haynes Jr., known as Cody, was born on April 16, 1993, in Littleton, Colorado. Why didn't they just name him Cody if they were going to call him Cody? I'm not sure. Probably because the dad wanted him to be named Jr., I don't know. He was a beautiful baby with brown hair and green eyes. He grew up to be a rambunctious, creative child who made his own candy, loved camping, Legos, swimming, and being outside. Cody wanted to be a police officer when he grew up, Cody's cousin Jamie Owen says. With his determination, it could have been a reality. 
However, Cody's tumultuous childhood prevented his dreams from coming to fruition. The children were allegedly abused by their father, and Child Protective Services had been contacted two different times in regard to the children's well-being. Ironically, Richard Haynes' senior girlfriend had formerly worked for CPS. Cody and his four sisters were homeschooled and extremely sheltered as well, but according to family members, Cody was treated differently. A neighbor would see the girls outside, but never Cody, Jamie recalls. In fact, the neighbor had no idea a boy lived in the home until he went missing. On the night of September 11, 2004, police report that Cody got into an argument with his father's live-in girlfriend, Marla, about doing the dishes. He was forced to remain in the kitchen until almost midnight as a punishment, and then sent to his room. How did she know that? Hmm? How did they know that? The other siblings, I think. Oh, okay. 18 hours later, Richard Haynes would report his son as a runaway. He alluded to this theory as stating there was a missing backpack filled with clothes but the police would later find that bag and Cody's bicycle in a shed behind the house. Wow. Wow. After building up trust with the police department, Cody's oldest sister would later tell officials that her brother had been beaten mercilessly by their father that night. Jesus Christ. In the early morning hours of September 12, 2004, Richard Haynes took the family van and decided to drive to look for car parts. It was 2.30 in the morning. He drove 250 miles throughout the state of Washington, returning home at 4 o'clock that afternoon. He didn't contact police about his missing son until two hours later. Within days, a community-wide search team set out to look for the 11-year-old boy. Curiously, Richard Haynes and his girlfriend did not participate. There's nothing curious about that at all. Guess what I'm about to say. No traces of the boy were found. Marla allegedly did not allow Cody's sister to be questioned by the police. A week later, the four girls would be removed from the home and placed into foster care. The next month, police requested a formal interview with Richard Haynes, but they refused to speak without their lawyer present. Valentine's Day of the following year, the police served a search warrant to scour for bloodstains and other evidence in the kitchen of the apartment. According to police reports, the kitchen floor had been replaced, something that the apartment landlord did not know nor give consent to. The van that Cody's father had taken the evening of Cody's disappearance had been sold, but police later recovered it to search for evidence. Bones were eventually found in the area, but did not end up being a match. A computer was also seized from the apartment. A significant discovery was found inside the home at one point, but the police have refused to reveal what this clue might be or how it might affect the investigation. Each year, residents of Kittitas come together for a vigil to keep Cody's voice alive. Richard Haynes and Marla do not attend. They wrote a note for Cody and posted it on the back door of their apartment, but it is unknown what it says or if it remains there. Where could Cody be? With all the evidence stacked up, it is unlikely he ran away. He did not take his bicycle nor any other belongings, and there have not been any sightings of him. Allegations of a brutal beating, ripped-up floorboards, and a mysterious 14-hour trip in the dead of the night by Cody's father are all too suspicious. Richard Haynes and his now-wife have kept a low profile and refused to speak about Cody's disappearance. Is it possible that a significant discovery is waiting for one more piece of evidence in order to convict someone in Cody's likely homicide? Are the police waiting for a body to turn up? Where is justice for Cody Haynes? Many people, including Cody's cousins, have a grim outlook as to the theory behind Cody's disappearance. 
We believe Cody died as a result of the beating he suffered that night. His trip to look for car parts was not a coincidence. He was gone for 14 hours and then waited another two hours to report him to the police after returning home, Jamie Owens states. Regardless of the lack of progress in this case, Cody's loved ones remain determined to find answers. A $5,000 reward remains posted by the city of Kittitas. The small town refuses to forget the green-eyed boy that captured their attention and their hearts in the autumn of 2004, no matter how many years have passed. Jesus. Jamie Owens also refuses to forget Cody Haynes and has a message for the person responsible for his disappearance. I will spend the rest of my life getting the truth for Cody, she assures. I will never go away or give up. Somebody knows something about his disappearance and they can't keep quiet forever. Set yourself free and do the right thing. She ends with a vow to her baby cousin. I love you with all of my heart, Cody. Never forget that. I'll see you in my dreams. Thank you, promise. Well, that was pretty easy to figure out. Yeah. The sad thing is, apparently, when he was little, he lived with his mom, but then she was arrested and put in jail for child abuse. And him and his sisters were taken and put with their dad. And then him and his new girlfriend or wife, whatever, just continued the cycle. Uh, When CPS was involved, it was because reports were being made to the school. And so then what do they do? They pull them out of school. They decide to homeschool them and keep them out of public eye from anywhere. Remember Caitlin Aiken's dad? Mm -hmm. Remember how much I wanted to meet him? Mm -hmm. I'm willing to drive to Kittitas, Washington right now. You can't meet this guy. Why? He's dead. Good. He died in 2019. Good. Did he kill himself? Did someone slowly torture him and then kill him? I don't know. The only I just saw a post on, um, in the Facebook group, that. Um, Does his bitch wife still live there? I don't know if she lives there, but I believe she's still alive. Yes. Can I meet her? Probably not. Why? Fucked. Yeah. Where's the mom in all this? She was in jail. Right, but for how long? Oh, I don't know. And she obviously found out about it, right? Right. Did she have anything to say? I hope this ghost fucking haunted his dad until he finally gave him a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Another source that I found says, well, like we said, um, he wasn't allowing his daughters to be questioned. But when it came to light that no adult had checked on Cody for close to 18 hours, the, the four girls were removed from the home and put into foster care within 10 days of his disappearance. I'm not an advocate for police brutality, but like, I hope if you try to argue with them when they went to get the kids that somebody beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. If you hurt kids, you're a bitch. Plain and simple, uh, punk ass bitch. According to the Charlie Project, at first, the girls had nothing to say about the night that Cody disappeared, but later interviews revealed that on the night Cody disappeared, he was severely beaten in the kitchen. At one point, one of his sisters checked on him, but she was told to mind her own business and was whacked on the head for it. At some point during the night, the girls heard a loud thud and Cody stopped crying. Did this bitch go to jail? No. It was at that point that his dad left to go find car parts for 14 fucking hours. 
and then two days later sell his van for scrap metal. Must have found enough parts to build a new car. Yeah. Um, once the search warrant was executed and they made that significant discovery that we don't know what it was, um, investigators wanted to question Marla and Rick, but both retained lawyers and refused to talk to investigators unless they were interviewed as a couple together with their lawyer. They can't do that. They got married so that they could do that. Still though, a lawyer can't stop them from asking questions. No, but... They can not answer anything. Justice system is fucked. So you can kill your kid and just get away with it by not answering any questions? Yeah. Apparently so. In October 2005, Kittitas police handed over the investigation to the FBI, who still has jurisdiction today. Oh. What? Well, okay, so according to this Reddit post, there's a section that they call Aftermath. Um, that said they, I guess they split soon after they got married. Um, said neither Marla or Rick ever joined in the searches for Cody. They have never attended vigils for a safe return or spoken to law enforcement or the media except to yell, Cody's not dead, and vigils are for dead people when followed around by the media. In January 2005, Rick had even tried to get a restraining order against the chief of police and kid test, but it was denied. Matthew. Eventually, Marla moved to California and Rick moved to the Seattle area. At some point, Rick was married again to a woman named Mary before his untimely death in 2019. Untimely. She probably fucking knew who he was and killed. Good for her. <laughs> Subsequent interviews with Cody's sister revealed that all the children were often beaten with various objects, such as a chair, by both adults in the home. However, Cody got the brunt end of the violence. Sometimes the siblings were hit with a bucket between their legs so that they wouldn't get the floor dirty if they wet themselves. Additionally, according to Cody's sister, Rick never visited them in foster care after they were removed from the home. Of course not, you can't hit them. Jesus. I just picture someone who looks a lot like Matthew. Someone who yelled at a baby because you're not starving. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No word of where Cody is, what he did with him. Well, the where... piece of shit's dead. So they can say the significant discovery <coughs> was now because they know what the fuck happened. Everybody knows what happened. Yeah. They just haven't found anything of him. He's just gone. No tricks. I don't like hurting people. Some people I really want to hurt. Like, that guy, he's dead. But, like, he just sounds like somebody's fuck that. Yeah. What did this piece of shit do for a living? I don't know. It doesn't say. I really hope that this married person knew who he was. And then they got married and she fucking poisoned him. Yeah. That's a comforting thought. Look for Carl, you fucking piece of shit. Any last thoughts? 
Well, other than plenty. No, the world's better off without that piece of shit. The dad, not the kid. I agree. One more time a night, they replace the kitchen floor. because everybody has all the information. His piece of shit dad and his bitch girlfriend. Yeah, but it's formality. Formality is breaking that guy's fucking neck. Cody Haynes is a white male. He had brown hair and blue eyes. At the time of his disappearance, he was 11 years old between 5 feet and 5 feet 1 and weighed 90 pounds. He has a round birthmark on his inner right thigh and due to his age and family background, Cody is considered to be in danger. If you have any information about Cody or his whereabouts, please contact the FBI at 1-800-225-53 Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Where Are You? You can help us spread the word about this case by sharing the episode with a friend, leaving a review, or tagging us on social media at Where Are You Pod. Got a case you'd like us to cover? Head on over to our website, whereareyoupodcast.com, and you can leave a case submission right on the main page. Until next week, be kind, pay attention, and question everything.